filling this goddamn paper in my goddamn studio. Like, who has a donut bag? Super Mom's donut bag. <laughs> Isn't that a sexual fetish? Donut bags? No, like crinkling paper. Yeah. Is it? For me. Mm. What if paper cuts was a sexual fetish? It is. <sighs> Don't you watch Pornhub? <laughs> <laughs> I search exclusively for paper cut porn. Well, sometimes <laughs> oh, yeah, you click that. around, you go from suggested video to suggested video, and you get a nightmare. I feel, I feel like I could watch someone get their head blown off, but if I'm watching like paper cuts, I can't do it. Yeah. Remember so when scene Steve, jacket. Yeah, yeah. Steve-O did it? Yeah. Didn't he do it to his eyelid, too? Yeah. And like, Dude, like, the web of their fingers was the worst. Uh, Look at his balls, too. What do you think his balls look like after he's, like, stapled them to his legs fucking 50 times? Scarred? Ugh. It makes me sick. <laughs> he could go for some goat testicles. Oh, he could. Uh, <laughs> I think you could very much go for that. <laughs> How about that? Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me is Jordan. How are you, Jordan? I am good. How are you? I'm engaged. How are you? <laughs> oh, wait a second. That's you that's engaged. Yes, it is. How's that feel? Uh, pretty good. Does it... Do you feel different? No. Do you have to quit whoring? Well, I quit whoring a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Another one you got the old ball and chain. But now another, you're not gonna be whoring Jordan. No you gotta more. be another good I'm man fine off the with streets. That. Another good man off the streets. That's what I say. That's right. They took Watch away out, his ladies. Tommy gun and gave him a broom, <laughs> didn't they? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they did all that stuff. The real question <laughs> is, since you both have kind of cool last names, what are you gonna both hyphenate yours? Uh no, she is taking Fox. Okay, I would give the edge to Fox over Nord. Right? That's her last name, Nord. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Adam? Fox over Nord? Listen, I don't know. I that's a matter of uh feminism and other things. <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with I don't No, know. I'm saying like how cool the last name is. Uh, listen, I don't know anything about customs or <laughs> religious <laughs> I yeah, think ideals. you're missing the point. I can't I can't be held accountable okay, for Jordan's right. actions or anyone else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordan, good job. Congrats. I'm proud of you. Thanks, we'll talk bud. about it more on Between the Bumbles, mm, which yes. will come out before this podcast. Mm, uh, your... It'll be a time fuck. We're going to fuck everybody up. Yeah. Yeah, time right. Well, uh, Jordan, is your eye healed? Yes. Okay, eyes healed. Eyes fine. Okay, good. You're not even wearing your, go- your fucking mini telescopes. Mini telescopes. <laughs> Good job. All right. Good job, Jordan. Congrats. Thanks, bud. Uh, also here, Cody. What's up, baby? How are you, baby? Um, I'm fantastic. I So I did a good deed today. Did what? you see that? Mm-hmm. Did I... you finally put Brad out of his misery? <laughs> no, but I think he, he was being a little grumpy grumps to me today. When isn't he? Because he... he they, he asked for the day off, and he made the mistake of not just saying that he had, like, explosive diarrhea or something. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Nick said, you have to come into work because it's the end of the month, and he's a company man, yada, yada, yada. So he took it out on me, of course. Mind you, he didn't have to do anything all day. But besides the point, uh, our friend Lamine, I we did his, I did his wheels for him. him. Yes. I did his wheel for him. He was so happy. Yes. He was so, so happy about it. You know what? It was really annoying to do it, but yeah. I did. it wasn't about me. You did a great job on him. As, I watched. I looked at him as I was walking out. 
That's uh, that's God's love right there. That is. I gave him God's love. Allah's love. <laughs> well, yeah, for him, that's one love. That's Allah's love. <laughs> now, uh, to be honest, I just did it so he'd leave me alone. Okay. So maybe yeah. it's a little selfish on my part. I but don't I just, know. I just want him to quit asking for it. So <laughs> now that it's done, we can move on, and he won't ask me anymore. What is Brad? What? How did this Brad get mad about that? No, he got mad because he had to come into work today, so he took it out on me. Oh, so Lamine has nothing to do with Brad. No, I'm just uh, saying I did a nice favor you for did. Lamine. You did. did so, you, is he going to buy you lunch or anything? Um, he he said, come on, let's go. I'll buy you a subway. And that's like the dirtiest subway in the in the area around work. I'm not eating there. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, quick trip there. subway, but you're gross. It is. I've never ate at that one, but it looks disgusting. I've eaten at that subway. Okay. Like, give us your Yelp review. I don't know. It was like fucking 12 years ago, so I don't really remember. <laughs> well, Good. well, I think t- something has probably changed over 12 years. Probably I would not. Assume. No? no, probably not. Well, I feel like Subway's been on like a solid downward trajectory you for, think? for a long time now even pre-jared yeah yeah, yeah 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 exposure yeah <laughs> they were going downhill even before his exposure is he in jail yeah yeah, yeah he's in jail okay thank god see my biggest qualm with subway is the uh meatball well they don't even have five dollar footlongs anymore they're six dollar footlongs oh shit it's like listen you're not that good. Let's no. not get any delusions. You're not worth thinking you can hike some prices. I just go to Jimmy John's if you want like a quick sandwich. Yeah. It's yeah. literally across the street. Yeah. So they what? bore me. What Jimmy John's? Yeah. I mean, it's just like a basic ass sandwich. I mean, it's. I like their unwitch for a while. Yeah. The lettuce one. Mm. Was it good? Mm-hmm. It was good. Mm. Okay. What did you get in it? Tuna. Yeah, okay. I love the tuna, too. The tuna's good. It's good. I know it's good. They got a good tuna. I we, know it's the easiest as fuck shit to make, but mm. I'll, I'll I'll buy a good tuna if it's good, good tuna. A good tuna salad sandwich is fucking delicious. I don't care what anybody says. Fight me, atheists. I, I don't like them. <laughs> Do atheists don't eat tuna salad <laughs> no, sandwiches? Certainly it's not. It's against their creed. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I don't like tuna sandwiches. That's because you suck. Well, he is an atheist, an edgelord. Oh, fight me, atheist. Uh, Okay, Cody, take this away. Let's go. All right, so we're picking up basically right where we left off. Uh, I hope everyone has listened to episode one. I don't know what you're doing if you haven't. Please Uh, do it. We learned all about the life and times of Dr. Brinkley and some other quacks, but where we're picking up at is he had his hospital up and running, and the AMA had just sent a private detective to investigate all this shit about the goat gland surgery, and that is right where we're picking up at. Yay. Uh-huh. <clears throat> now, this is where I think I've already figured out part of the problem. Okay. But Let's... I'm not going to say what it is in case I'm absolutely <laughs> correct. Ooh, I have to make a quick correction, too. This will actually get, end up being four parts. Awesome. So, Woo. this guy, I'm telling you, man, this guy just has, like, a weird life, so we got to get every nook and cranny of Cody, it. this episode is going to be your opus. <laughs> I hope so. Your, this, this is my is, swan song right here. Oh, no. I'm sorry <laughs> that you're passing or something. <laughs> After the private detective would report his findings back to the AMA, he told them about a woman in her 60s he had spoken to. She was in the clinic because she was partially paralyzed because of a tumor on her spinal cord, and Brinkley had just given her the goat ovary surgery, the detective said. 
She seemed to hobble along, dragging one foot after the other. I assisted the old lady from one room to the other. She wanted to demonstrate how she could walk. She shuffled along very slowly and stated that she felt like she had a little more action. So I'm not certain how goat ovaries are going to help a spine tumor. Well, it'll flush the, <laughs> the, the tumor out. I don't know either. Well, I'll see, she's got a little I, more. Pep, I think the I best course of action for this would have been a tobacco smoke enema, mm, mm. bloodletting probably. Mm, see mm. if we can get six pints out of her. <laughs> <laughs> it seems the detective didn't quite find anything too malicious for the AMA to begin going after Brinkley quite yet. Yeah, the whole animal organs thing isn't. But you remember, we're in the 1920s, Jordan. You know, medicine's a little different, okay? Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is like a revolutionary science. Yeah, from the from the far <laughs> from the Orient or something. You know? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, uh, think about it. We put was a pig valves uh, in your heart. Yeah. So somebody ha- had to think that was fucking crazy yeah. at some point. Checkmate atheist. Checkmate Jordan atheist. <laughs> Either way. With Brinkley's clinic really beginning to take off, he decided to set up a nice little taxi service to deliver the patients right to the front doors. Usually, on Monday afternoons, when the train rolled into the depot, his shuttle driver... Happy Harry oh, and Minnie God. Brinkley. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's literally what they call him, Happy Harry. <laughs> I want to read the life and lies of Happy Harry. <laughs> the truth was he had clinical depression. <laughs> <laughs> We're there waiting to pick up the men to bring them back to the clinic with huge smiles on their faces. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the patients said this about Minnie. If Mrs. Brinkley lived near you, she would share with you the choicest flowers from her yard, the nicest roastanayers from her garden. She would run over to your house on Sunday with a big pail of homemade ice cream that she thought was especially good. Oh, that sounds fucking great. I don't know what roasting ears are in corn. Like, is it corn? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Why well, said choicest flowers? So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's it doesn't true. matter. It doesn't matter. When the men arrived at the clinic, they would be slippered and gowned in what they would call the herd room. <laughs> and then Brinkley would speak to the men one by one before being able to talk them into proceeding with the surgery. Mm. It was a very effective system. <laughs> Except there was one story early on when two men from California arrived and caused a little bit of a fit. Brinkley preferred to use Toggenberg goats. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. Okay. <laughs> which he thought what were <laughs> which he thought were best for the gland surgery. Mm. But these two men insisted on using Angora goat testicles. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Listen, when you need a good Angora, a Toggenberg's just not gonna do it. We uh back on the farm in Iowa, that's what goat we goats we had, Angora goats. Oh, okay. Mm. Apparently they like to stomp snakes, so well, maybe that's why they wanted those <laughs> Listen, balls. those goats are going to be my best friends. <laughs> Which they would later find out, it left their genitals with an eye-watering stench. Mm. So apparently, I don't know if they have like a stink gland or something in the Angora goat testicles, but their balls stunk really bad afterwards. Okay. So hmm. I don't know. That's just what Have they said. heard of a shower? <laughs> it sounds like the stench is coming through the, the sack. The sack. That's... I'd- I'm going to say I don't think that's how that works, <laughs> no, but okay. Man. No. But for the most part, the cash was rolling in for Dr. Brinkley. 
They even had their second goat gland baby. Oh, the parents named it Charles Darwin Malinger Ooh. for obvious reasons. Yeah. What, he's a fan of Darwin. What Checkmate. Are you gonna... <laughs> the atheist. atheist. <laughs> the goat, goat ball atheist. During Christmas time, Brinkley and his wife Minnie would climb onto the roof of their clinic and toss over oven-ready turkeys, geese, and ducks oh. to the neighbors waiting below with outstretched arms. Oh, they're real Scrooges. <laughs> I feel How like many was... stories up were they? I That's don't, the I don't real know. question. Well, I don't, they couldn't have been frozen, right? That would have hurt. Uh, yeah. I don't like think there turkey. was freezer technology back then. Ah, oven-ready. Okay. Cody, it's the 1920s. So Food preservation was So they're different. throwing hot turkeys over the they're edge. I, I think raw they're, turkey. I think they're room temperature, but yeah, still. <laughs> 500. <laughs> I wish our job would do this. Like, think of Mr. Davis sitting on the roof, oh. throwing turkeys and geese over the edge. <laughs> Hit me, Davis. I'm running her out. <laughs> Up to this point in our saga of Dr. Brinkley, it probably has sounded like he nor his wife were that bad of people. And we've gotten plenty deep into this saga of the goat testicle replacement surgery and haven't really explained what exactly Brinkley was doing nor exposed some of his skeletons. True. It's been, you've been a master <laughs> storyteller and have kept some things yes. to keep people coming back and that is fantastic. Well... It appears he had a few different methods he would use. Sometimes he would simply take the goat testicle, sliver it like a clove of garlic, and place it inside the scrotal sac. Sometimes he would attach the smaller testicle to the larger testicle, or how he likened it. Embedding a marble in an apple. Oh my god. <laughs> or Jesus. finally, he would simply just toss the goat testicle inside. And seal it back up. Okay, man. That's making me kind of <laughs> sick. Yeah, he's uh, he's, he's a shark, his shyster. More often than not, Brinkley was usually drunk or in the process of drinking during surgeries. He's a psycho. <laughs> oh, my God, it's me writer. as a doctor. <laughs> you would have fit him perfectly in the 1920s, Joe. Yeah, sorry. I know. <laughs> God, I was born in the wrong generation. True. <laughs> Rumors also began to swirl that when Brinkley was running low on goats, he would simply go out to a neighboring farm and steal some. <laughs> <laughs> the whole goats or yeah, just the nuts? Just take the goats and get All the right. nuts. Maybe he'd return them. I don't know. I mean, I think it would be suspicious. They would definitely catch on if just Who's all stealing the... my goats? <laughs> Who's stealing my nuts? <laughs> I came up this morning and all the nuts were gone, out of, gone on my goats. How am I going to expand my herd? <laughs> Maybe I get ghost nuts and I fucking knock them up. <laughs> Take to replace the human nut. Put the human nuts in the goats and see what happens. Well, apparently he's just like fusing the two nuts together. I know. Yeah, putting so... that marble in an apple. Yeah. <laughs> or just shoving them in there so that all these guys are four nut wonders. <laughs> mm. Now, this all sounds fucked up. And one would assume the AMA would be creeping on his doorsteps about mal malpractice very soon. And yes, he will really be put on the AMA's radar once again. But not for malpractice. For advertising. Which the AMA strictly forbid any of their members from advertising. But Brinkley just does not give a fuck. So, Brinkley hired an ad man to run some advertisements for him. Uh -huh. 
Now, around this time, many ads would hide themselves as regular news articles, such as a picture of a person shooting themselves in the head <laughs> as a result of neglected nervousness. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jesus. Or like a full-page representation of Uncle Sam signing a scroll that read, This is to certify that I am using 100,000 boxes of X-Lax every month. <laughs> Jesus. That's a lot of X-Lax. They're, they're definitely, they found their market. Do you think Uncle Sam's that constipated He's or what? He's got to be. <laughs> and so Brinkley began publishing his ads that would bring even more patients to his doorstep. Now, if we remember back from episode one, hearing about Dr. Lidstron implanting six testicles inside of his ribcage, he had decided to elevate his experiments. One day in June 1920, Dr. Linston decided to display his latest advancement to a fellow doctor. The doctor said this. We entered his office, and without any explanation, <laughs> as soon as we were behind locked doors, he began to disrobe. <laughs> oh, it's Harvey Weinstein. Oh. <laughs> I was annoyed and puzzled. Suddenly, he turned around, as nude as a classic statue of Apollo. <laughs> a physician learns not to be surprised, but on this occasion... I was overwhelmed with excitement. Linston had three testicles. Jesus. <laughs> so he's got seven testicles inside his body right now. He's got now. a big sack swinging. <laughs> Fucking hell. Can you imagine someone just gets naked and there's just like three balls there? Like, okay. Well, I mean, what's I, don't going know on? What, I don't know what I would do. Especially <laughs> it's 1920. I guess I'd shoot him. <laughs> For a <laughs> That's witch? That's an alien he's a or witch. something, yeah. <laughs> Lindstrom had inserted an executed prisoner's testicle inside Stop his it. scrotal sack. Jesus. He claimed it boosted his sex drive uh. and improved the speed and clarity of his thinking, but it did in no way give him any criminal impulses. I'm feeling a little rapey Just recently. because <laughs> he was a criminal. <laughs> the other doctor, Dr. Sergei Varnoff, on June 12th, 1920. It's my birthday. Was it? Yeah. Well, he was making international news for the first ever monkey-to-man testicle transplant. Oh, Jesus my Christ. God. <laughs> this oh, day yeah. in history. Yep. I need to add that to, the, to my <laughs> website. The funny part was, Lindstrand was actually jealous of Sergei's success and believed that he had stolen his idea. Mm. Allegedly, on a trip to America, Sergei would visit Lindstrand's lab, and after seeing his work... He said, Oh, that is fine. Your operations are for the poor man and mine are for the rich man. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah, that's fucking, what a bougie asshole. <laughs> now, ironically, when Sergey was insulting Lindstrom at his lab in Chicago, our main character was actually in Chicago as well. <gasps> There's going to be a standoff. There's a I ball so. doctor showdown. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's got the best balls. <laughs> Listen, I, I think Brinkley's winning that fight because he's got the goat nuts, and I think those are just bigger. <laughs> yeah, yep. Because Billy Goats love to fuck. Oh, he's and already fight. And fight, fight mm. and fuck, yep. Mm. <laughs> See, Brinkley's admin set him up to perform surgeries at the Park Avenue Hospital in front of reporters, hmm. which would prove to be extremely beneficial for his business. Brinkley would perform 34 goat gland trans <laughs> transplants here, and all were men, obviously, because Brinkley was quickly learning that the goat 
ovary surgery he performed on women was harder because they would expect results, a.k.a. getting pregnant. Right. Unlike the men who could be tricked by simply the placebo effect. Right. Woo. Like, we, right. Women are expecting They're functional. like, how come I'm not getting knocked up here? Like, yeah. dudes yeah. are like, oh, my dick's working again. Yeah. One testimonial from 71-year-old J.J. Tobias, chancellor of the University of Chicago Law School, really helped him. The chancellor said, I feel 25 years younger. I am a new man, full of pep, strong, healthy, ready to go on with my work. I was ill, old, and played out, but the operation has revivified me. He then put up his fists in a boxer's pose. Aw, cute little 71-year-old JJ. <laughs> Come fight me, man. Aww. What if someone just came and knocked him out after you <laughs> I mean, it, it's early 1900s Chicago. There's probably some drunk dude just like, I'll fight you. Yeah, put your much. fists up at me. <laughs> oh, that guy over there. <laughs> Apparently, after his successful tour in Chicago, Dr. Brinkley was getting more confident because he began telling people he was certain he could cure the blind next with eye transplants. Okay. <laughs> Although later, there would be no record of him actually ever okay. trying. Oh, so he's a bitch. <laughs> would you let him do it to you? We put goat eyes in your eyes? I'll take would a you goat let... eye. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a goat eye right Maybe now. If you put, I'm like... not bitch made, and it's probably going to be... Same or better results than what I have now. Well, what if you put maybe like bald eagle eyes or like falcon eyes Ooh. in you? Like they can see really good. That'd be yeah. sweet. Maybe I cat would definitely eyes. want a predator. Yeah. yeah, maybe like a jaguar's eyes. Yeah, I'd take that. <laughs> Once Brinkley finally returned to his clinic in Milford, he found he was going to need more goats. Oh, I see. Previously. The lawman really fucking <laughs> helped him there. <laughs> Previously. Sometimes he would have the patients bring in their own goats for the testicles, but Brinkley decided they ought to build a huge goat pen behind the hospital and would have regular deliveries of goats coming in, which he said was about 40 goats a month, somewhere in there. Smart. Prior to the surgery, he would take the patients out to pick out whatever goat they felt like was calling their name, and with Like it, a lobster? Yeah, you go out restaurant. and pick your goat. <laughs> like, awesome. Like, you're like, I will like that goat's balls. So you let, just squeeze them a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. mm, yep. Just feeling all Ooh, the balls. Firm, mm. firm yet giving. <laughs> These are going in my sack. Also, with this newfound success, it seems Brinkley also stepped his drinking up a bit. Mm. Many would later claim that he would just often disappear from the hospital, most likely, to get his drink on. Hell yeah. Of course, with a burgeoning alcoholic comes a few little mishaps. One night, a neighbor reported that Brinkley was wasted and demolished his car with an axe. Yeah. Well, that's that just sounds like what you do when you're a doctor. Have you ever done that to your neighbor? I've never been a successful doctor. Okay. All so, right. So, no. <laughs> Can you imagine coming out and there's just some guy fucking chopping your car with an axe? I, I don't. It's like the I Simpsons. It's, it's just speed holes. You're right, right. <laughs> Another time... Witnesses saw patients running out the back door of the hospital into the garden, followed shortly with a drunken Br Brinkley chasing them with a butcher knife. It doesn't say out. why he was chasing him, but he was just chasing him out with a knife. All I, right. I don't know. I, I hope they canceled their surgery afterwards. <laughs> no, they came back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in March 1921, a Milford resident named Jesse Wilson 
took out an order of protection against Brinkley. Brinkley said, I made some remarks concerning this fellow that caused him to be afraid, I guess, and they put me under a bond. I don't know whether I was arrested or not, but I had to give a bond of $1,000 not to shoot him. Okay. <laughs> Is that a thing? Like, you have to pay promising to oh, shoot somebody? Know. I don't know, man. That's amazing. <laughs> But this town was willing to put up with his antics because of the business he would bring to the town. Mm-mm. And Brinkley funded new sidewalks, mm. a new municipal sewer system, a new post office, new uniforms for the Little League team called the Brinkley Goats. Oh, <laughs> fuck yes. <laughs> Electrical lights, a new bank. He paved a two-mile road to the train station. Jesus. And he bought a bear in a failed attempt at a zoo. The wow. bear, <laughs> The bear's bellowing kept him awake at night, so he ended up shooting him. Oh, okay. That's, that's <laughs> I mean, that's 1920, I guess. One, one animal zoo. One yes. animal yeah. zoo. Listen, if you are a crooked fuck... And yeah. you want to do crooked fuck shit, <laughs> fund all the public works, and, yeah. and you can do whatever the hell you want in that well, if town. Well, you, if you think why he paved that road to the train station, it was probably basically just oh, yeah. so they can so get the paper. So Happy right Harry there. can yeah. get, his, get his new goat balls right into town. <laughs> he also built them a church, but the town folk weren't too keen on him naming it after himself. <laughs> he wanted <Saint> Brinkley's or what? <laughs> he wanted to call it. The Brinkley Methodist Church, (laughs) but had to settle simply for a plaque outside with the names Jesus, God, and Dr. Brinkley. Wow. And on Sunday, the pastor would do a tribute to him. Brinkley even had aspirations to build a new hospital that resembled the White House. It will cover a whole block. Well, it will cost me a million dollars and have shops, stores, a gymnasium, a monster bathing pool. Beauty parlors, rooms for my clinic, and a theater almost as big as the Orpheum in Kansas City, where we will give the best theatrical shows and talking pictures. Jeepers. He never does this, but that is, that'd be a sweet fucking hospital. Oh, that's number one. It's got a little mall in there and everything. Yeah, gymnasium. Hell yeah. As of 1921... Brinkley was doing about 50 goat gland operations a month for $750 a pop, which was about a half million dollars a year. This is in 1920s money, too. Yeah, this is keep that in mind. Beautiful. Holy shit. Most patients would literally just lay down, not ask any questions, and just have the procedure done. 77-year-old A.B. Pierce of Nebraska said... I suppose a goat gland is a good deal like a potato. You can cut a potato all in pieces and plant it, and every eye will grow. I don't think that's how that works, mister. No, No, I really don't think balls are anywhere close to like a potato. Brinkley also had a little secret side business, if you had the money. Oh? He also offered the services of transplanting human testicles instead of goats, Mm. and much like Lindstrom... He would get them from executed prisoners. Mm-hmm. Once, when an Oklahoma oilman wrote to Brinkley about such procedure, he received this reply. You are able to full pay the full price for the boon of youth fully restored. Why not do so? Why lower yourself to the level of the beasts of the field by having the glands of a goat transplanted into your body? 
when you may just as well have the glands of a healthy young man implanted in you. I will do this for you. If each of your friends come at the same time and will pay $5,000 each for a genuine human gland operation, I will give you the same kind of human gland operation which I perform at a minimum fee of $5,000. I've just closed with a case in Los Angeles today for $10,000. Few surgeons can get human glands, but I have an old-time friend in one of our large cities that can (laughs) supply me. Jesus. Of course, these human gland operations are expensive. I pay a big price for the glands, and I must have advance notice. For instance, if you and your friends decide to do this, you must notify me that you will be ready to leave any time within the next six weeks. Then I notify my purchasing agent, and he gets busy. He may get the glands in a few days, or he may wait weeks. So it's necessary for my patients to be ready to come here when I am ready and a cash payment of at least one-fourth must be sent to me as a deposit so that I will not go in contact for something and be the loser. Don't want to be stuck with nuts. Hell exactly. Nobody to put them in. <laughs> I guarantee that human glands pure and healthy and absolutely free from disease. <laughs> I also guarantee that the seller of them will not be over 35 years of age, thus ensuring strong viral glands. <laughs> Furthermore... I give another, and the best of all, guarantees that the human glands will not slough. If they do, I will replace them free of charge within 60 days after the first operation. The patient only paying our regular hospital fees. Can you imagine getting a warranty on your new human testicles? Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, I'm, I, I guess I'd be more ready to do it if if i could get a get a guarantee warranty. on it yeah okay so if your dick still doesn't work he'll get you some new balls no if it falls out i think that's, oh is that what it is yeah. if the balls fall yeah. out? <laughs> by the end of 1921 brinkley was enjoying his success but had another interesting incident he was sitting on the first floor of the hospital just enjoying some bootleg hooch why he's rich well it's a prohibition oh, yeah, right it's okay now. yeah mm-hmm. fuck me when out of nowhere, he lunged for his instrument case and announced he was going to cut all their throats. Oh. <laughs> the nurses attempted to restrain him, but he broke free and ended up severely biting his father-in-law's thumb. What? Doc. That's, I, I mean, it, it said did he, he survive his injuries? It just said he had a really bad bite on his thumb. Okay, oh. and that's gross because humans are gross. <laughs> Brinkley's assistant, Dr. Osborne, ended up subduing him by hitting him in the head with a board. Uh, like a cartoon? <laughs> like a cartoon. Okay. I was going to say, like in Tommy Boy. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. You know who reported this? Like, uh, I left this out of it, but one of the patients was on the second floor. He heard a commotion, and he started, like, uh, jimmying his way out the window to leave the hospital because he right. thought something was going on. Right. And he watched, he watched this all happen. He watched the other doctor hit him over the head with a hammer and knock God him out. Damn. <laughs> God. <laughs> what a fucking weirdo. The following February of 1922, Brinkley was invited by the owner of the LA Times to come perform his goat gland surgery on one of his editors. He said... If the operation is a success, I'll make you the most famous surgeon in America. If it's a failure, I'll damn you with the same gusto. Ooh, but Brinkley 
didn't blink an eye. Oh. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy who owned it. Um, I kind of left that out too. He apparently made his own militia and attempted to invade Mexico to try to get land back. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I just like. I don't know. He didn't accomplish it, obviously, but he tried to make a militia to head into Mexico to recapture some land. Douglas MacArthur did that, too. Did he? Yeah, he <laughs> he went in there on a handcart with a six-gun and, like, fought Pancho Villa's men and then carted his way back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Funny thing was, apparently, L.A. was the most quack-filled city in the nation. A local author said this. Any wizard, geomancer, soothsayer, <laughs> holy jumper, herb doctor, whirling dervish, snake charmer, medicaster, table turner, or evil eye, practicing any form of black magic, demonology, joint jerking, witchcraft, thaumaturgy, spirit rapping, back rubbing, physical torture, or diabetical novelty will find assured success and prosperity in Los Angeles despite fierce competition. <laughs> what a scathing review on Hucksters. I That's a lot of old-timey words. I, Whirling I, dervish. I, I love that quote. That is like the funniest shit ever. I don't know why, but when I seen fucking Geomancer, I just died laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously Brinkley would feel right at home. Yes. Now, the owner of the L.A. Times was able to get Brinkley a 30-day license to operate in California. In the meantime, Brinkley applied for a permanent license, but that takes time. And so, on March 23rd, 19— Oh, my God, that's the day after my birthday. Hey! Damn, boys. So, anyway, on March 23rd, 1922, he successfully performed the surgery on the editor. It was so successful— that while he was in L.A., he ended up doing the same to a U.S. Circuit Court judge, unnamed Hollywood screen stars, and even the owner of the L.A. Times himself. Oh, so he was so impressed with mm. the editor's He's results. Like, get these balls in us now. Man, boy. this was some she-she Hollywood fucking yeah. shit. This they, is like... I'm going with Charlie Chaplin for the <laughs> actor. Oh. You think he got the goat balls? Oh, I bet he did. <laughs> I suppose they say unnamed because they don't want to, like, embarrass anybody or whatever. And who else was a star at the time? No one. Jimmy Kimmel. That's right. (laughs) Was Fred Astaire a star at that time? I don't know. I don't know. Was Vanna White? Yeah, Vanna White was there. Yeah. Nick Cage. (laughs) Yeah. uh, uh, You know he was alive. Oh, yeah. Travolta. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Brinkley began to wonder if perhaps L.A. would be a better location for his hospital more potential clients, obviously. And what reinforced it was that the Chamber of Commerce offered to build a $100,000 hospital if he was willing to relocate. What? Yeah, they were going to pay for everything. Hey, that's one-tenth of his White House. All he had to do was find a little bit of other financing, and he could have built that shit. I didn't really include it, but basically for two weeks, he just spent searching around for sites to place this shit. And like They were going to do it. They were going to do it. The one thing Brinkley didn't realize at the time was there would be one man in particular who had a serious boner for destroying him, <laughs> and that man's name was Marsh Fishbin. Fish, fish, Morris Fishbin. <laughs> That's I looked up how to pronounce it. Fishbin. Fishbin. Morris Fishbin. <laughs> now Morris Fishbin worked for the AMA. Morris Fishbin. <laughs> you like that name? Yes. <laughs> it made it his life goal to destroy quacks. I love him. 
While most of the AMA weren't overly concerned about Brinkley quite yet, when Morris heard ramblings about the hospital possibly being built in L.A., he wanted to put a stop to it. Good for him. Fun fact, one of Morris Fishpin's friends and confidants was none other than the famous author Sinclair Lewis. Whoa. Who? Come on, you know who that is. No, I don't. Ugh. I don't read. <laughs> He's a really famous author. He's like super famous. And do you remember the book? I think it's The Jungle. Did you read it? Yeah. Um, apparently Fishbin like recommended that he write that book. Really? This book, like I did, I, we didn't have enough time to go into all that, but yeah, like Sinclair Lewis would, <laughs> they had a little story where Fishbin would take him to like the lab where they had all the like quack tonics mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sinclair Lewis is just like tasting them. They're all alcohol basically, right, but they sure. say, so he's just in there tasting yeah. all of it's them. It's like just bourbon basically, <laughs> yeah. whatever. They'd be like heart cure and it's just alcohol in a little jar. And the Jungle is a depressing book. Yeah, apparently I'd... he gave him the, like, he's like, hey, you should actually write about this. So I thought Meat that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a book called The Jungle. That's... Mm. It's not, a, and it's, it has nothing to do with an actual jungle. Or most of their fucking lying to me. <laughs> So Morris ended up sending letters to the California Medical Board and warning them about Brinkley. And apparently, when they looked a little deeper into his resume, they found it was full of lies and discrepancies. Hmm. Mainly being that he put that he had graduated from the Bennett Medical College in Chicago, which if we remember from the first episode... He certainly did not. No, the Vienna <laughs> Instantaneous Medical College. No, no, college. no, that was the fake college. It, just if you wanted to do the uh, syphilis museum. Oh, yeah. I can't remember which hospital he allegedly graduated right. from. <laughs> so with his license denied, Brinkley returned to Milford, but left something unexpected in his wake. Several clinics popped up in California claiming they learned the goat gland surgery from the master himself, mm. and a prison doctor even began performing goat gland transplants on prisoners, claiming... Criminality is cured. <laughs> <laughs> what, did oh, Brin- what did Brinkley do? Well, he took out a large newspaper ad claiming they were all just a bunch of quacks. <laughs> well, they are. They don't so know. is he. <laughs> Listen, he created it, man. Well, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking liars. There's no way you could put a goat ball in a man ball and make it good. <laughs> With Brinkley's failed attempt of relocating to California behind him, he instead decided to lean in on his current hospital in Milford. He began with remodeling the facility to spruce it up a bit and continued with his advertising. Hey, new face. Sometimes that's all you need. Just a little face left. Mm -hmm. There were debates raging around the world about who was, in fact, the best gland specialist, and Brinkley wanted to be on the top. Why wouldn't you? So, in early 1923, Brinkley remembered something he noticed that the L.A. Times had. A radio station. Mm. Now, around this time, (laughs) Mm. radio stations were just starting to come into their own. And what better place to set up a radio station than the heart of Kansas? Deep in the heart of Kansas. (laughs) So he contracted James O. Weldon of Texas to construct his very own radio station. Cutting edge. This dude has his own little hospital. (laughs) Yep. The pharmacy in there. Yep. A law firm. <laughs> yep. Goat farm. Goat, Goat farm. farm. Yep. 
Now he's getting a radio station. He's got a radio station now. This guy's cutting edge. He's cutting edge. And a taxi service. Oh, yes. I forgot about the taxi service. Happy Harry. (laughs) And a mafia grip on the public works in Milford, Kansas. Yes. See? This guy, guy, I mean, he's a crook, but he is an entrepreneur, friends. Fucking smart. In the summer of 1923, Weldon would decide and build transmitters from scratch and install them in a small brick building just outside of Milford and oversaw the construction of the two 300-foot-tall towers. They would eventually call their station KFKB, standing for Kansas First, Kansas Best. Hell yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. While Brinkley was awaiting his radio station's construction, he decided to travel to the Orient. First... He would head to China to spread the word of his goat gland transplants and would perform surgeries on five men and one woman, as well as a few other surgeries and purchased a bunch of stolen antiques. I mean, that's what you did in China back then. You buy stolen antiques. Why not? That's what you do in China. (laughs) Before Brinkley had left for Asia, he actually made a very smart PR move. He hired four men whose sole purpose was to run ads in Milford, Topeka, Chicago, and New York. First, they ran a headline that read, Gland transplantation now used by Japan to put aged infern back at work. (laughs) High-class goat prices soar. (laughs) The fuck is a high-class goat? (laughs) (laughs) Or such as this one in New York. The children of parents who have been endowed with goat glands are healthy and alert to an unusual degree. New glands mean not only new vitality to men and women now living, but they actually mean better babies. (laughs) I say that in this, in making possible a superior type of human, Dr. Brinkley has made a discovery of the first importance to mankind. Jesus. Maybe this is how the origin story of the X-Men. Oh, <laughs> oh Dr. Brink Xavier. Yeah. I get He's it. He's making superior humans. I get it now. I think it's the origins of Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that's the second thing that came to mind. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I didn't say it. <laughs> also, in the meantime, Brinkley was keeping in contact with Weldon about the progress of his radio station. Apparently, there were a few snags, mainly because the local builders who were helping construct it didn't even know what a radio station was. That's generally helpful. <laughs> That's going to put a hamper. <laughs> then a fire destroyed the first location, <laughs> and they were forced to start over. Oh, God. Okay, I can see how that would really, <laughs> really set things back. Have you ever worked on it like a building you had no idea what it actually was before, Jordan? Uh, <laughs> most of them? No, we've done some really <laughs> dumb shit, but no, I've generally known what they all are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Brinkley wasn't phased. He just wanted that damn radio station, and he had time because he was still doing his tour of China. Yeah, you can't, Sex tourism. You can't be mad when you're <laughs> way out over there. antiques. Yeah. I, I can only imagine it would have took how many, like a week on a boat to get over there, probably. Shit. Oof, fuck. Doesn't sound fun. No, not at all. I, I think it sounds pretty relaxing, depending on the boat. And he's rich as shit. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Now, earlier, we mentioned the man known as Morris Fishbin. Morris Fishbin. Who took pride in destroying the quacks and really didn't like Brinkley. While Brinkley was touring Asia, 
there is a fun little story that Fishbin was involved with. The tale begins when a woman named Evelyn Lyons was lying in her bed, recovering from a car accident, when a local doctor took her temperature. He said, The mercury rose almost instantly to the top of the tube and snapped the glass at the neck of the bulb. (laughs) Fuck. I don't think that actually happened. Hold on now. So they decided they needed a heavier-duty thermometer and got one from the U.S. Weather Bureau. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Her temp was an astounding 118 degrees nope. and rarely sank b- below 114 degrees. These nope. are lies. <laughs> For the next two weeks, uh-huh. her average temperature was 115 degrees. And when the story blew up, it brought all sort of quacks, astrologers, and healthy food crazies with their own advice to cure the girl. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say, isn't it like if your temperature... <laughs> Is over a hundred and seven for twenty four hours. You're going to die or yeah. something like yes. that. Yeah. Yes. One of them told her to eat an herb known only by the Syrians. Another California woman revealed that the fever was being broadcast from Russia by quote radio demons. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> Bolshevik radio demons. When the story of the hot girl of Escabana. <laughs> hit the headlines and drew the attention of Morse Fishman, so he traveled to the shores of Lake Michigan to investigate himself. Once he was in town, he decided to ask around about the fever girl. One local told him his own theory that it was from, quote, Moonshine backfire. (laughs) (laughs) So Fishman finally went to see the girl for himself. When he examined her, she was coughing and flailing on her bed. He felt her forehead and said she was as hot as a Mexican sidewalk. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) This is what Fishman said. (laughs) I love Fishman. He then took an oral and rectal temperature reading. You take one, you don't need the other. You gotta double check. You gotta double check. In and out. What do you take the rectal reading with, his dick? In and out. (laughs) You gotta take them both. Still suspecting something was a bit off, he pretended to leave the room. When he closed the door and peeped through the keyhole, seeing if there was, in fact, something suspicious going on, he waited so long, his foot fell asleep. But finally, it happened. Fishman burst through the door. Fishman said, The woman who had once been a nurse concealed a small hot water bottle (laughs) in her bed and through pretended fits of coughing and hysteria managed to place the thermometer on the bottle long enough to drive the mercury to the desired point where it remains in medical thermometers <laughs> until shaken down. We demanded the hot water bottle, and she declared she was insulted. But after some trouble, she brought it out. With the exception of hysteria, there is nothing wrong with Miss Lyons. <laughs> Got her ass. That's Morris. That's the Morris Fishman guarantee. He's going to get your ass. <laughs> that was the entire point of the tale, was to point out that if there was anyone capable of taking down Brinkley, it was Morris Fishman. There would be even worse news for Dr. Brinkley. In March 1st, 1923, a young man named Harry Thompson had graduated from Chicago's Progressive College of Chiropractic and received the same diploma signed by Dr. Date Alexander, same as Brinkley. Well, this is bad because newly minted Dr. Harry Thompson was actually an undercover reporter for the St. Louis Star and exposed the diploma mill that Dr. Date Alexander was running. Son of a gun. 
The trick was to inscribe the diploma in Latin so nobody could understand it, but it still looked official. (laughs) (laughs) Even more messed up was he uncovered the racket of prolonged careers of legitimate doctors, meaning they were purchasing the diplomas from the widows and assuming the dead doctor's name. (laughs) That's so slick. It is slick. It's very slick. When the heat began to surround Dr. Date Alexander, he said, You accuse me of selling diplomas for $200. That is a deadly insult. I never charge less than $500. <laughs> I like this guy. He's got jokes. But He's like, listen, yeah, I'm going to own up to it, but I ain't getting fucking ripped off. <laughs> the scandal resulted in the rescinding of a lot of medical license, but Brinkley yeah. would be safe for now because his practice was located in Kansas, but it didn't look good having his diploma signed by Dr. Date Alexander. But somebody from the AMA investigating Kansas has to know about that and also care. Hmm. Well, let me tell you a short tale here then. Is it about Mr. Morse Fishman? <laughs> Not quite yet. All right. <laughs> so in early 1924, he would cut his trip around Asia short and return back to Milford when he returned. He was able to witness that beautiful thing he had been dreaming about his very own radio station was completed and began to envision all the possibilities. He played Cardi B and... <laughs> I got all the hottest hits. And whatever else. We got else. two chains. Two chains. Got, I don't know who else. J. Uh, Cole. Use his oh. correct name. Titty Boy? Yeah. Two chains is Titty Boy? Oh, yeah. That okay. was his first uh, rap name. Hmm. Anyway. But then another issue with the diploma mill reared its ugly head. The scandal had created indictments from the grand jury in San Francisco. Mm. The second man's name on the list was Brinkley. Uh Uh-oh. Agents from Sacramento traveled all the way down to Kansas to extradite Brinkley and presented the papers to the governor at the time, Jonathan M. Davis. But Davis just handed it right back to them and told them to go home. Get gone. They asked him why, and Davis said, We people in Kansas get fat on his medicine. (laughs) We're going to keep him here so long as he lives. Hell yeah, dude. Got his ass. Hey, what did I tell you earlier in the episode? (laughs) Run the fucking public works. Yep. The governor will stick up for you, even though he knows you're a quack. We're going to find out through the episodes. He is so intertwined with, like, the the state government. He's basically untouchable. I love him. (laughs) Now that Brinkley had his radio audience, he could mock the AMA all he wanted. He He proclaimed on the radio about the extradition attempt. Persecution. No more justified than the persecution of Christ. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Brinkley loved his newly found radio station, he said. The sunshine station in the heart of the nation. (laughs) My tagline suggested by a crippled child. (laughs) That crippled child was actually in her mid-30s, but did have a limp. So it's a 30-year-old woman with a slight case of gout. (laughs) Yes. For her help. He presented her with a wristwatch and gave her a ride on a plane. Nice, all right. dude. Hell yeah. That's all it, 23? That's yeah. all it takes for me. <laughs> but amongst the chaos revolving around this whole diploma mill thing, there was good news for Brinkley. His successful tour of Asia was beginning to reap its rewards. Men from Europe, Canada, Australia, South Africa, and South America were traveling to his 
clinic to receive the goat gland transplants. In Kansas. Yes. They are, that's a long ways Jesus. to go there. For Kansas. <laughs> For some Kansas goat nuts. <laughs> they love the Jayhawks. Come on. Okay. All right. And now that Brinkley had the power of the airwaves, he could bring in even more. Brinkley would sit at a small table with his gold finished microphone and had a grandfather clock ticking in the background as he spoke. Because there wasn't that many radio stations around in this time period, at night, families would gather and listen to the doctor speak. You would hear such things as, Don't let your doctor $2 you to death. <laughs> Come to Dr. Brinkley. Take advantage of our compound operation. I can cure you the same as I did Ezra Hopkins of Possum Point, Missouri. <laughs> or? A redbird and his mate are building their nest just outside my bedroom window. <laughs> Will you, for your health's sake, be with us this May? <laughs> or? Many untimely graves have been filled with people who put off until tomorrow what they should have done today. <laughs> or? Watch your prostate for signs of hypertrophy and for fibrous and sclerotic condition. If there is constipation, is there not also obstipation? I say that every day. Or even... Note the difference between the stallion and the gelding. The former stands erect, arch-necked, mane flowing, chomping his bit, standing his ground... Seeking the female, <laughs> while the gelding stands around half asleep, <laughs> cowardly, listless. Men, don't let this happen to you. Get new goat nuts, man. These are just the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> it's, he's so like There's a red passive, bird. He's so like passive aggressive in everything. Hey, he's using those scare tactics he from is. the Vienna school, man. <laughs> Jesus. Oddly enough, perhaps with the intention of scoring more sales, Brinkley became a champion for women's rights. He would talk about the sexual needs of women on the radio. He said, Don't get the impression that women are icebergs and are content with impotent husbands. <laughs> I know of more families where the devil is to pay in fusses and temperamental sprees all due to the husband not being able to function properly. Many and many times, wives come to me and say, Dr. Brinkley, my husband is no good. <laughs> now, Brinkley had an... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brinkley had another flash of genius all right. that we all have to suffer from still to this day. Uh, and, that, right. and that was advertising through the radio waves. As one historian would say... The man who, perhaps more than many other, foresaw the great potentialities of radio as an advertising medium. He was obviously not only promoting his personal business, but would in the near future be promoting other companies and their goods as well. God. The makers of Listerine would be one of the first to move into that type of advertising we are all used to seeing everywhere today. So he, he ruined... Medicine? Yes. And the radio? Yes. Just wait till part three. You're so, really going to get mad about this. I don't like that. Now I hate him because I have to hear all those Shane Co. and <laughs> Chris Lindahl and Cars for, for Kids. One, eight, seven, seven. Oh, Cars for Kids. <laughs> 
son of Sir Joseph Lister and new owner of the company, Gerald Lambert took his product out of the cabinets of just doctors and moved it into the shelves for customer consumption. You would hear a headline such as, You five million women who want to get married, how's your breath today? (laughs) Jesus. And so he created the fear of halitosis, leading cause of failed love affairs and smashed careers. (laughs) This unleashed the fear tactics of advertising. In an article written in 1934, it toted all the physical illnesses created by advertising, which included acid indigestion. Athlete's foot, body odor, calendar fear, <laughs> coffee nerves, dry skin blight, oh. folliculitis, intestinal fatigue, paralyzed pores, sandpaper bands, scalp crust, sneaker smell, and underarm offense. I love coffee nerves. Scalp crust. What the fuck is calendar fear? What the know. fuck is I that? Don't know. Oh god, why do these pages flip up? What are numbers? <laughs> no, not the little kitties again. Uh-huh. The kitties are back for August. God damn it. <laughs> Around 1924, it was estimated that there was about 750 individuals or companies promoting granular rejuvenation treatments, but Brinkley would overpower them all. Very smart. Mainly because he offered more services than just the goat glands. Mm. Now, obviously, Brinkley simply could not just talk for 15 hours straight. Right. So he decided to add a bit of flair to his station... So his entertainment included live military bands, French lessons, astrologers, gospel quartets, the tell me a story lady, and Hawaiian songs of farewell. So he, he, he built programming. He mm-hmm. built like days of radio programming. Yeah. He, he's just like, he's he's got it all going on, he dude. He built the radio industry. <laughs> he, we're doing this because of him <laughs> for the most part. Thank you, Brinkley. <laughs> Within a year, he wanted some live music. Which included a performance by Fiddlin' John Carson, oh. <laughs> champion fiddler, player Uncle Bob Larkin, yeah. and other stars. The so, biggest pop stars he, of the day. He likes him some fiddle. Yeah. He loves fiddling. <laughs> That's like Katy Perry. <laughs> I hope Uncle he was Bob a, Larkin. Yeah. I feel like he's going to pass away before he could ever hear the Charlie <laughs> Daniels band. Oh. oh. He would also have his own homegrown talent, which incru- included Roy Faulkner, a.k.a. the Lonesome Cowboy, hmm. which would become Brinkley's most famous house musician. He also had Zapata's novelty troubadours, Albert Fangelio and his accordion, and the Harmony Boys. Oh. Former patient Stitzworth said, You could go in there and sit in that studio and watch some of the best entertainment in the world. <laughs> Also, on Sundays, he would deliver sermons. Yeah, fuck so that you. church that they wouldn't let him or let be named after him. He had his name next to God and Jesus. What yeah, more could but you ask for? I being front and center, the Brinkley Methodist Church. He's got to have it. In the summer of 1925, Brinkley and his wife had traveled to Italy with hopes of finding a new diploma to shore up any concerns from the dr- uh, diploma mill incident looming in the United States. Dublin, Glasgow, and London had already denied him, <laughs> but in Pavia, he found a bit more success. 
He presented the elders of the university's medical school with several gifts of expensive wine <laughs> and hired an orchestra to play at a banquet for them. And that was enough for them to give him a degree. You showed him a hell of a night. Yeah. And they're I mean, like, here you go, pal. I figured in Italy he would have had to throw in, like, some ravioli or something. <laughs> right. But, hey, oh, Chef Boyard. he got off white. <laughs> now, when he returned to the United States... There's a very important trial going on that swept the nation, and that was the state of Tennessee versus John Thomas Scopes. Oh, Scopes was the a, monkey trials. Right. Scopes was a substitute teacher who had taught the theory of evolution, yes. which was still illegal in 1925. Yes. In the end, Scopes was found guilty and fined $100. <laughs> but what was important was the talk of God and religion that was sweeping the nation, and Brinkley decided... Why not hop onto the coattails? So Brinkley began to combine the two. Wow. One headline about him in New York, in the New York Evening, Evening Journal read, Preaches fundamentalism, practices goat gland science. <laughs> How a famous surgeon combines old-time religion and newfangled operations on a strange medical gospel farm. Oh, so now he's a healer too, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's well, he great. preaches about God. He That's preaches so about great. God. You know, the one thing I can say about this guy is he's a goddamn genius. <laughs> he gets on everything correctly. Like, he's like a time traveler. I know. Whether Brinkley actually believed this or not, he leached on to even more potential customers coming from the Christian community. A man named Andy Wet... <laughs> Whiteback, Andy Whiteback from Council Bluffs, Iowa, who was a listener to the KFKB, made the trek to Brinkley's hospital in hope for the four-phase compound gland operation. He and his wife were barely scraping by, but he mortgaged his home to try to pay for it. Another patient named Joseph Fritz said this after meeting Andy in the hospital. He said he and his wife talked it over and agreed that Brinkley was such a good Christian man. Um, he preached such lovely sermons over the radio every Sunday. When he found out how poor Andy was and how he could raise only 550 bucks by mortgaging his home, he'd surely operate on Andy for that. And maybe, like the good Samaritan in the Bible, <laughs> he'd do it for nothing and say to Andy, Go on home and give the money back to your wife. And lift the mortgage on your little home, and God bless you both. But Brinkley was not that kind of Christian. <laughs> when Andy got there with only 550 bucks, Brinkley wouldn't touch him. He'd have to raise 750 bucks or go home without an operation. I never felt so sorry for anyone in all my life as I did for Andy, as he stood there, weeping like a child. He wanted that operation so bad so he could go back home to his old job. Fritz continues by saying Minnie Brinkley then stepped in. She told him he'd just have to raise the other 200, and they worked on his fears, made him think that goat glands were the only thing that could save him and make him young and strong again. And Andy didn't know where to turn for the money. With tears in his eyes, he begged Brinkley to take his note for $200 and he'd pay it, little by little, out of his wages as he earned them. Brinkley refused, but Fritz continued by saying, Mrs. Brinkley wrote to the firm Andy worked for, and she got a written agreement from it that it would send so much of Andy's wages to her each week till the $200 was paid. And then they operated on him and sent him back to his mortgage home, and his wages also mortgaged for months. Oof. Andy returned home and wrote Fritz sometime later and said, He was much worse than he was before Brinkley worked on him. Brinkley merely operated on his pocketbook. 
Ooh, that's not good. That's not great. And that's like everyone. That's yes. one story, but that's the story of everyone. Yep. Yes. Now, around the same time, Brinkley's former teacher from Chicago, Dr. Max Thorek, had found out about his degree from Pavia and reached out to the Italian government and got it revoked by none other than Benito Mussolini personally. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Apparently, he took care of it himself. That's a little higher up in the government <laughs> scale than uh, Midriff, yeah. Kansas, or whatever. Milford, Kansas. Apparently, Mussolini did, wasn't happy. Jesus. <laughs> it didn't really matter because it was an international degree, and Brinkley just claimed he had it for the rest of his yeah. life. Yeah, nobody's going to go check the Italian medical records. <laughs> now, a friend of Dr. Max Thorat was actually Morris Fishbin who was around the same time still working as hard as he could, crushing the quacks around the country, and especially Brinkley. But Brinkley's radio station was just overplaying him at every attempt he would try to make to smear his name. Even the customers that Brinkley made ill still denied it was caused from him. That's loyalty. Wow. Take, for example, John Holmbeck, who just nine days after his surgery was on a train headed back to New Jersey and had became ill. He would make a pit stop at the Missouri Baptist Hospital and discovered he was showing the primary stages of lockjaw. Despite the gangrenous incisions on his scrotum, he insisted while clenching his teeth that Brinkley did wonderful work. What the f***? Dr. Mays, who treated Holmbeck, injected him with antitinnitus serum and said this later. The patient seemed to respond to the treatment. His spasms had been greatly relieved and his jaws were not locked. As he showed me how he could open his mouth as soon as he heard my voice. About three hours later, the patient took a severe convulsion and died. This obviously caused a bit of uproar with Holmbeck's family, but the law could not touch him yet. Sure. But the ideas with Brinkley just never seemed to stop. In 1928, he thought of a surgery to earn another line of profit, and that was the ability to shrink the prostate without surgery. Wow. His clients needed to know that the prostate didn't need to be removed as much as the, quote, American Meat Cutters Association would claim. (laughs) That's what he called them. That's great. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Roasting their ass. He had a radio station and could utilize his knowledge. Also, one of the things that Brinkley hated more than anything was giving out free advice. So many people would ask questions for little things like scratches, cuts, a cold, simple things. So, how could he broadcast these cures to people without having to interact with them nearly as much as he was? And just like that, another flash of genius hit him once again... And this idea would be known as the medical question box. And that's where well, we're going to pick up next week, well, fellas. Well, like an item block in Mario or what? Like, what it is may, it? We'll have to wait till next week and find out. Don't I'm, leave me like uh, this. I, I think I have an idea about <laughs> what it is. Are you leaving me with a, with a <sighs> it, it's, tickler? It's, uh, it's, it's going to be the start of what brings them down. So All right. I, I think it probably has something to do with his radio station. Yeah, oh, yes, know. yes. And he's going to get very rich. Very, That's very rich. Fucking hell. I love the continuing <laughs> oh adventures of Dr. Joseph Brinkley. He's quite a kid. How is it? Like, even Mussolini is in here. How do you even Yeah. How do you even guess that? Like, how do you even get to that point? I, I mean, I had no... I 
could have had no idea he would be like the father of radio advertising yeah. or anything like that. That's insanity. Feel, well, and the father of radio programming. Yeah. Like he uh he might have I have it. to respect the fuck out of this dude for a lot of that, but he's still kind of a piece of shit. Oh, he's definitely a piece of shit. Kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> I think he is. He's still a little bit of a piece of shit for <laughs> infecting and killing people by putting parts that shouldn't be in there. <laughs> yeah, so always ask your doctor what they're inserting into your scrotal sack, please. Yeah, or just avoid it, unless yeah, you just, really need scrotal surgery. Just leave your balls the way they are. They're fine. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And if your balls are fine, you can email us at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod... Uh, yes, you can follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod and on Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. We, of course, have personal Instagrams. Mine is at Bumble Adam. Jordan's is at j.j.fox. And Cody's is at Cody Zabub. Uh, and now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody, the iTunes reviews. All right, so we have gotten two new ones. Yeah. Uh, now, we had one written, one star, but hold on now. It is a little bit of blackmailing on the review, so hey, let's read it hey, here. you wait right here. What? You wait right here right now. Did you read it? No, but <laughs> we'll do this once. This is it. Let me read it. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. I didn't read it, but I've seen these on other podcasts before. <laughs> Have you? Yes, I'm okay. not, I will not be blackmailed. We read them all anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so just just put make them good. So Daniel Ledsma... And it says his nickname Stiglitz. I think it just says awesome. Hugo Stiglitz. Stiglitz. It says awesome. I only put it at one star, hoping you guys will read this on an episode. If you guys do, I'll change it to five star. But if you don't, I'll still make it a five star. You guys, you guys are awesome, and you guys make my boring job go by so fast. When I listen to you guys, keep 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 up the good work, guys, from Stiglitz. All right. Well, that's right. fucking fantastic. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> See, this guy gets us. He subverted he my us. expectations 100%. I don't know. Wouldn't you call that blackmail? Well, I guess maybe. Maybe not. No, because he, he was going to do it anyway. <laughs> so it's it's great. That's really good. <laughs> well, thanks, thank you, Stiglitz. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I'm glad you enjoy the show. Hugo Stiglitz. <laughs> He's uh, he killed nine Nazis and inglorious bastards. Mm. Yeah. Nine Gestapo officers. Yeah, that's great. That's Amy and I just watched that. Oh, that's a good. That's a good one. That's I good love one. that one. It gets better every time. Mm. Donny Donowitz. Donny. <laughs> Teddy fucking Williams. I don't know. That's a good one. I want to see his new one. Did you see it? I went and saw it. Yeah, yeah. Good? Um, It's okay. I think I need to watch it again. All right. To really appreciate it. I think I need All to right. watch it one more time. All I've right. heard a lot of people saying it's actually like a hot pile of shit. Well, you know, there's a lot of mixed reviews. We'll talk about it later. So anyways, that's going to do it for all of us here. I've been Adam. That's been Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. And that's been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. And everybody out there, have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. I was trying to burp, and it didn't work. Sorry. (laughs)